community. Um, I think there there are two different sides of the spectrum, in all honesty, because there are instances where I see that it is getting better, where more people are more, where some people are more. Welcome, Let's Talk family. Welcome, Conversations with Friends family. And tonight is Conversations with Friends, episode five. Wow, weeks be going by real fast. Um, episode five, we're going to touch on a, a very uh, touchy topic, um, and it is abuse in relationships. What is abuse in relationships? Most people will tend to think that abuse in relationships uh, may just come from physical. So we have a little bit of settings of what abuse is, and um, this is some stuff that I had um, looked up. Some of the aspects of abuse is emotional abuse, environmental abuse, social abuse, financial abuse, ritual abuse, religious abuse, sexual abuse, and the the number one that most people are most common with is physical abuse. We have myself, co-host, uh, Melodic Storm. Elliot and Treasure on the panel tonight. And uh Elliot's outside, he keeps dropping, but he's here. And we um we're just gonna have a discussion on it. We also have the number, the hotline number for um anyone who knows someone who is going through an abusive situation, um, to call the hotline and try to offer as much help as possible. Some people don't know how to ask for help when they're in those situations, but you know, in our community, one of the things that I notice is We'll ask for advice on an issue and then say, oh, uh, I'm good. Or, you know, I don't need no help. I'm all right. I'm going to deal with it or or I'm not going to deal with it. And then it's like, okay, definitely if it's physical abuse, okay, how long you've been dealing with this for six, seven months, a year or whatever. And um, then it's, it, it becomes too late. And then we're like, you know, wish I could have, should have. Or then you get those type of friends that be like, well, I told them to get out the situation. Um, sometimes those situations are not as good and uh, easy to get out of as people trying to make them out to be. What's up, uh, everyone? Hey. <laughs> Hello. What's going on, Treasure? 
Nothing much. I feel like we've all had the same type of week. Like I just I slept all weekend. So yeah, this 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 been a very interesting week. I I didn't have no energy, and then I worked yesterday. And what was funny about working yesterday, I worked and then I didn't work. I had to travel too far to work. Melodic, what's going on? How are you? Uh, you tell us. Um, we have a very interesting topic we we're going to discuss. Um. Yes, yes, yes. I feel like something that's very necessary. That's um, for sure. You know, one of the, one of the things about abuse, <clears throat> and I was thinking about it. Like I told you guys, I was sitting here in front of the computer before the show for a couple of hours, and I was thinking, like, you know, statistically, we know that you know it's more reported men on women abuse. And um, you know, I was thinking about some of the things that I've heard and seen in my short life is that a lot of times people be in abusive situations uh, like financial abuse or emotional abuse, and they don't even realize it. Absolutely. They don't even realize it. And one of the things that I seen today was like, you know, sometimes people be like, Where you going? Where you going? Like, like, <laughs> like if they're not up, if you're not with them 24-7. You know what they're doing, not at work, and it's like you put you put that person in a um in in the sort of box where they feel like they're in an abusive relationship or they're in a toxic relationship, which ties into abuse. You know, a lot of people be like nowadays toxic, but abuse is basically the same thing. No, you're absolutely right, um, Quentin. So I'd just like to share a couple of things also. So Abuse in relationships can be extremely dangerous and it's relatively common. What we don't realize is that one about one in four women and, and nearly one in 10 men are actually in abusive relationships. Um, I do have a list of 10 signs that will let you know that you may be in an abusive relationship. I want to start off by saying the first one is threatening violence. So if someone's threatening to hurt you or kill you, or even if they're just joking, um, someone's showing a, a weapon or pointing it at you, threatening to kill or hurt your loved ones, or threatening to hurt themselves, that's also a, a telltale tell sign. Um, breaking property, very controlling behavior, that's that's like a huge red flag. Um, someone who like insists on reading like all of your emails, all of your text messages. They show up unannounced. Um, they insist on seeing your like your shopping receipts. Like you said, they call you all the time and they want to know where you are, what you're doing, um, checking you know your car, just any anything personal that should just be personal for you. Um, forbidding you to talk to certain people, like. It's one thing to be in a relationship with someone. Um, you're supposed to have trust in that relationship. But if someone is basically telling you, no, you can't have friends outside of this situation, that's not healthy. Um, getting angry if you make a decision without them. Insulting and name calling. Isolating you from loved ones. Um, usually abusers try to make sure that you're only available to them because mm. if you have a gauge of what's healthy and what's not healthy and sometimes talking to someone standing on the outside looking in they can let you know that hey that's not normal 
Um, so they try to keep you away from people that can, you know, basically help you distinguish the difference. Yeah. Um, rushing into a relationship. So people, some people like to love bomb you. <laughs> Explain that, Nick. Okay. <laughs> so an abuser can rush you into a relationship to gain control over you before you notice any red flags. Why is this person in such a rush to move forward in this relationship in such a dramatic way? Also, are they listening to me when I'm asking them to slow down? Are they saying things like, we were meant to be together very eagerly on in the relationship? Like, you don't even know each other and the person's like, you know, oh, I want to spend the rest of my life with you, etc. Um you know, so sometimes it's it, sometimes you you might be a little flattered, you know, but that person may actually just be trying to overwhelm you, so that you don't realize that you know something's a little off. Mm-hmm. Um, the love bombing also that same 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 difference, um, pressuring you into sex. I feel like, uh, and, and just in general, when you're ready for uh, the dynamic of the relationship to change, that should be a mutual decision on both sides. You shouldn't feel pressured to do anything. Um, hurting you physically. They may start with a threat. Sometimes it may start with uh, grabbing you aggressively. You know, it's not necessarily a hit. Then it e- eventually escalates. So pushing you, shoving you, getting in your face, talking very aggressively to you, just intimidating you. Um, And then it it slowly, slowly, slowly starts to just increase until it it actually does become, you know, like a knockdown drag out fight. Um, Strangulation. Oh, Basically, yeah, those are those are some signs to let you know that, hey, this is this is serious. You know, um, this person is not just crazy about you. This person may actually be a little crazy. Elliot, treasure, you know, I don't want you guys to think that we're just talking to each other. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, not. I mean, getting those 10 things out was super important to set the to set the goal, to set the like the line of what we're going to be discussing, because. Those 10 things in in so many ways can be like, as well as like factual, can be like misconstrued for like abuse. And the main thing you touched on, Q, in the beginning was toxic, right? The kids love to run around like, oh, if it's not toxic, I don't want it. If he don't slap, you know, slap somebody for me, I don't want it. Not realizing like a lot of the language that surrounds that is abusive language. Um, but then depending on how they're, they're, you know, raised, depending on what they're taught, it's not, that's love, you know, um, manipulation is a huge, a huge abuse of power for people that are, um, that are abusers and they don't even realize it. Um, and I like to think that sometimes all of us may have been that type of way before, um, in some way without realizing, like, we, have we ever been manipulative in relationships? Have we ever been a little aggressive in relationships? Um, but it goes back to like where the root of that comes from. I'm really big on that. When I was a counselor, I was really big on that. Like what's the root of, of the aggression, of the manipulation, of the, 
the self um, victimizing, you know, or the, you know, um, oh, well, you're very pretty. No, I'm ugly. It's like, you know, think little things like that. Uh, <laughs> hey, Elliot, you, you, you know, you're really taking advantage of the beautiful weather outside right now. <laughs> We're kind of I'm jealous. actually at work. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm waiting for my relief to get here. Normally, I'm home by this time. Uh, one of the residents who I look over, his father picked him up. So I have to actually stay and wait for him to get back here before I can go. Okay. So that's why I'm, I'm just out, you know, enjoying <laughs> the, the squirrels and the birds and all of that stuff. Um, I, would, I mean, to piggyback off what Treasure said, um, in regards to people uh, kind of championing this toxic, we kind of live in a culture now well, that's the that's the first the first response that people give. I mean, obviously, a couple of weeks ago, it, it amazed me how many people um, with the the Will Smith and Chris uh, Rock thing was like, yeah, he should have, you know, like he had to defend his wife. Not understanding, he could have very easily went up on the stage and said, "And my wife is the most beautiful woman in the world," and that could have been defending her, and he wouldn't have been in the kind of mess that he's in now. There's different ways. Everything doesn't have to be rah, 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 aggression. And for black men, you know, when you talk about being there for your family, you know, the best ability is availability. Mm -hmm. So you do something stupid in a fit of rage, you know, cops is coming to get you. Now you're stigmatized. And now, you know, your family is without that protection that you sought out trying to seek when you first set out to defend, you know, your, your partner's honor, quote unquote, you know, so... Um, I, I've always, uh, the first thing I said from learning firsthand, from being in situations, you know, you gotta, you gotta tuck away your pride. And I think for men and women, when you're in a situation and it's like, I'm right, no, I'm right, no, you're wrong. In that moment, somebody has to check their pride, you know, and for black men in general, I, I would say just run away as fast as you can in any situation, whether you're right, whatever it is, turn around and walk away because there's no wins for us. There's no wins for us in situations where voices get raised and stuff like that. We already have that kind of, that aura of men that's surrounding us, you know, and even when it's not even warranted a lot of times. It's there. It's how we're perceived outside of our own people and our own culture. And it's how we're perceived by some people within our own culture. You know, so I would say to any man who's in there, I think most of us have been in it. It's a matter of who walked away and who didn't, you know. But just walk, you got to learn how to walk away. And I think the older I've gotten, you know, being 37 now, being in it, and, you know, I've been in relationships, you know, and it's been, it's, it's gotten bad. You know, and you got to learn how to walk away, no matter what. Walk away, and if somebody's putting threats on you, don't don't feel like you're less of a man by calling the cops. If you're in a position like that, and I think that's another thing too, is men are taught, oh, you have to be men, or you're soft if you get cops involved. You got to do that. <laughs> you know, you absolutely have to do that. Indeed. Well, I I just want to say, so Elliot. Just to piggyback off of what you said, um, interestingly enough, um, as far as statistics, 
Um, a study in the U.S. suggested that same-sex relationships suffer higher levels of domestic violence than heterosexual relationships. That mm-hmm. was a very interesting fact that I found. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see that from, knowing, from right. knowing a little bit about the, the, the legal system that you be seeing some crazy stuff when you go to... Um, you go to court and you see, um, you know, you go to court for uh, any little thing that dealing with civil cases with child support or child or whatever. And then you might sit there and you see all types of stuff that goes on with um, restraining orders and stuff and stuff like that. But one of the things that I um, piggyback from Elliot and what Nick said, and <laughs> let me, <laughs> excuse me for that one. The The, the key is, from my experience and in, in, in being coming through that judicial system before is domestic violence or violence or abuse of anything is, is really about control. Absolutely. And it speaks upon a pact of sometimes more than not the aggressor because of their lack of control of, of the, of themselves, because the only person that you can control is you at the end of the day. No matter how much you love the person, no matter how much they love you, you are only responsible for your actions and how you move about. And what happens is that usually, the, the like I said, the aggressor, they may want something for that person so bad that that person may not want it for themselves. And it could be any any situation. You could want something good for a person, and they'd be like, oh, "I don't see it like that." And then you could want to control them. You know, you could you could think that that. And this is why what's key about domestic violence is that most people always tend to think that it's husband and wife. Even if you have a fight with your brother or your sister, it's considered domestic because it's in the home. It's somebody you related to. So this goes on very prevalent in our community. Like we, like you guys said that, you know, people think it's cute when they walk around and say, oh, that's my toxic treat. Like it's a badge of honor to be toxic. And instead of us looking at it and combating it and saying, you know what, I got some real major shortcomings with my behavior and how I go about things and let me address them and leave and let the people that I care about and care about me know that I'm working on my insecurities give y'all a heads up like yo I got some major shortcomings instead we just continue to be for lack of better words sick and want everybody else to suffer in our misery a lot of it too is um people equate being tough with being aggressive physical um I would say somebody asked me the toughest man walked the face of the planet. One of them, Martin Luther King. And what was he known for? You know, <laughs> but then you have a, a large majority of people who say, oh, he was weak. I, like, I prefer Malcolm X. Why? Because of that very reason, right? And that morphs and, and you know, turns into something else when you can't turn it off when you're with, you know, those closest with you, your family members, your significant other. You know, and it's on both sides, you know, like we live in an age now where, you know, every, you know, most people, you know, like I'm not going to be, you know, treated like this again. Like you see social media posts. I, I'm never going to go through this again and I'm not going to do this again. And, you know, people are instead of just dealing with the things, the origins of where that 
where those feelings are coming from before they involve themselves with other people, they enter into a, a new situation having not addressed those things, men and women. Sometimes people to be together and they both have not addressed the origins of, of Oh. oh, you froze, Elliot. <laughs> He'll come back. Okay. I also wanted to make mention that the most common age, um, the most common age when intimate partner violence is experienced by women is usually between the ages of 18 and 24. Mm. Um, in all honesty, that's when most people actually just, you know, start to become start to become adults that's first and foremost and you know that's when you're you're you know you are basically breaking off into your own going to college or getting a job getting your own apartment or what have you where you know those elders are not necessarily around and, and you definitely don't want to listen to them exactly exactly mm -hmm. i mean Many people have a very rebellious spirit and, um, you know, they're, they're dying to prove themselves, you know, Hey, I'm an adult and I can do whatever. And sometimes you find yourself in situations that you know, are not healthy for you. And you don't even, again, like you said, you recognize so. I think the, um, the ugly truth a lot of the time and, and, and even in statistics, um, because I know that's that 18, right? The ugly truth about that is it happens sooner in, in some households. There's there's intimacy issues, there's physical issues. Um, another thing I call psychological warfare issues in families that happen well before the age of 18. So when you get to the age of of freedom, right? Let's say 18 is because when you go away to college, you're being dropped off to a place now where you're going to have to make those decisions because we talk about free will like it's something that we always have control of. Before the age of 18, before you're able to kind of maneuver on your own, you don't have that, that option. So now we're given the option to be more independent in our thinking, independent in our actions and our thoughts. And if you weren't, you know, if you were brought up in a situation where you were always like, you know, you were beaten, you were this, you were that, you may have been molested, you have a you already have a skewed version of what like love is and what that looks like so now your first relationship your first intimate encounter you just want to impress somebody you want to prove that you can have this authority and this control over yourself and the first time that that is taken away from you you don't know how to react you don't know how to feel and sometimes it can cause that aggressive type of thing or in women it can definitely be like uh, it causes like a hardened type of emotion where i'm dying never gonna happen to me again i'm gonna kill somebody before that happens again and then you got into the situations of before now you're wanting to you've been abused and now you've turned into the abuser right right what one of the aspects that i wanted to really talk about was financial abuse right and in the notes that i had it said giving her him false receipts Canceling insurance, sabotaging their efforts to obtain economic freedom, withholding money, spending money foolishly beyond means, pressuring her to take full responsibility for finances, not paying fair share of bills, not spending money on special occasions, spending on addictions, gambling, sexual services, pressuring 
or controlling her or him working conditions, keeping family finances, uh, preventing her from taking a job. I believe that this is a very, very touchy area when it comes to abuse is because a lot of times we tend to come into situations with not baggage, but situ- we understand you don't want to be fooled twice. You were in a situation prior where somebody may have been dishonest and then you move on to another situation and now you're like, you know what? I can't put all my stuff to the table. However, when the relationship gets serious, you know, these type of secrets can become a major, major problem. And um, I, you you hear that, you know, oh, I got a separate account. <laughs> or like, you know, uh, I mean, and that could become a problem. So for some people, that type of secrecy is okay. And you may be in a relationship where that type of secrecy is okay. But, um, you know, in some instances, like, yo, like you see me over here struggling to pay bills and you got a secret stash somewhere. Like, like what's that all about? Like and you and you and you hear that um quite often that um even when you hear people about getting divorced and you know people oh he got some secret money somewhere or she got some secret money somewhere they'd be like yeah I did because you spend money foolishly and this is a form of abuse that's serious and I think that you know we don't want to be those type of people who um always oh I, I wish I would have knew better or this. I think that these conversations and relationships are hard, but they need to be had. They need to be addressed. And, you know, because it will make us feel uncomfortable. But this this will alleviate that type of abuse if you have those type of conversations. Yeah, well, last week we, we talked about boundaries. You can't be too scared to, to set those kind of boundaries, especially if you you see that person as somebody you you know you can spend the rest of your life with, somebody you want to get married with. You gotta have them conversation. There's no way around them. I think they become hard if if the people that are involved have differing you know views and methodologies on how money is allocated within a relationship. You know, um, and that's when it becomes hard. If if, if I'm a saver, you know, and, and you like to go out, you know, and you you know. That that's obviously something that we got to meet somewhere in the middle on that. But what are you saving for? You know, is it <laughs> is it to buy a house? Is it to try to like you know prepare us, you know, futuristically for things that you know? But it's all about balance, you know. While doing that, you know, take time, you know, to you know take take your girl out, or, you know, take your man out, or whatever the case may be. So that the person doesn't feel like, hey, they don't appreciate me and all that. When you don't, you never have fun because those things are obviously a part of the relationship dynamic. You can't just be in the house twenty four seven. You know, you know, five more straight. Take you know, save here and there for those things. But then also having the back of your mind, trying to make them understand, hey, I'm not. It's it's not like I'm out here buying Jordans with the money that I make. You know, I'm I'm doing this for us, and you try to you know keep that. Yeah, it, 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 it's it, you know, Elliot. It's it's interesting because I, I I can say from experience for me, like I never had I I I never had that problem, and not not saying that that's a good or a bad thing because in the instance 
I'm asking, did I ever care? You know what I'm saying? As we even talking, like, did when I'm sitting back thinking, like, yo, did, did I ever consider, like, yeah, I got a stash to decide, but did I ever consider how that person may feel, like, knowing I got a stash put up for a rainy day? Because I'm thinking I'm being, you know, foreseeing what could happen, but, you know, they could, they may view it as, you know what, you being dishonest. Or cheap. Yeah. Yeah, or cheap. And that's, and that's where the communication comes in. Because you being economical, like I'm I'll from personal experience, I'll be very transparent. Like I've always been um the person that made the least in my relationships. I've always um, you know, been fortunate enough, you know, to be with people that were very supportive, that understood my my goals in life, that understood that in that point in time I could only work a certain type of job or amount of job at the same time. So I wasn't like pushed. I've never been pushed in the way. I've never been belittled. But that is a huge issue that we have in the financial abuse community because I worked for a bank as well. So I saw a lot of like um, embarrassment. I saw a lot of like couples come in and really get into like scraps almost in the lobby because now it's money missing from the, the, the joint account because somebody needed to cover a bill they weren't honest about. So they took it from a, a joint account to cover it in their personal account. And now it's like money's missing. Um, so it, it just goes down to communication. Like you cannot be embarrassed to say, listen, I don't have it. I don't even know how to start to begin to have it. Do you have any tips for me? Can you guide me in this right direction? Um, I've seen couples, you know, loan each other money. I've seen couples write thousands and thousands of dollar checks to each other just to ensure stability in a relationship. Um, so it, it kind of goes, it goes both ways, but it, it comes down to boundaries and communication. Because you don't owe anybody anything. Like, that's the other thing. If you worked for your money, there's a certain limit and there's a certain boundary you should have with it. Yeah. And well, that, it, it, go ahead, Nick. Okay, so Lala, I, go ahead. So um, I've seen um, financial abuse um, where um, someone will control the purse strings um, as a form of, you know, I am in total control of this situation. Mm. Um, let's see. I know that some women, when they go on maternity leave and they're no longer working, so, you know, you get a certain stipend. Well, and it also depends on the type of job you have. Because if you don't have a, well, if you don't work for a pretty, you know, decent company, you're not getting a, a, a decent stipend to begin with. Um, but... I've seen instances where the husband did not agree with, you know, what whatever. It it could be something as random as, you know, you didn't cook what I wanted to to eat for dinner last night or what have you. And then uh bank accounts are frozen. Mm-hmm. Um the money is cleared out of a joint account. And mm-hmm. the woman doesn't have access to the money. And I've seen it where it's done to a man as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, financial abuse is very relevant. And that's something that you should definitely pay attention to as well. I also feel like there should be joint accounts and there should be separate accounts as well. <laughs> Melodic, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm I'm laughing because I, I believe in that form of privacy a little bit. Like, not not to say like something is going on, but like if you got a little stash put up for a rainy day, 
a lot of us was taught and raised by our parents to do certain things. And this is what our, our makeup is. This is how it got us to where we're at. And not saying that you're trying to be secretive, but I think that you as an individual have to be able to have that foresight to be like, okay, I'm going to prepare for a rainy day, regardless of my mate and, you know, not to make them feel insignificant and hope they have the same thing. Like hope they prepare for a rainy day too. But then it's like, you know, I don't want them to think I'm keeping secrets from them. And, you know, and then, and then something happened, an emergency happened and the glass jar get broken. Oh, you had all this stashed. You had all this put up. It's not your That's the thing, though. It's not just a rainy day <laughs> for you. It's a rainy day for y'all. Yeah. It's not like I, I can see if you say, "Oh, you know, she, you know, she get out in the water. She ain't got no life preserver. She gonna drown." You know, like, it's not like that. It's like the rainy day is for the household. You know, and sometimes in relationships. Observing your partner, your partner observing you. If your partner observes you and they well, they're not really good in this capacity. And it's not just a opinion. It's something that's been demonstrated for as long as y'all been together. Like they don't like to save, or you know they they're in a job where there's not a lot of you know stability there. You know it, it's a responsible thing to do to make sure. Okay, well, if my partner ever has a problem. If I ever have a problem, you know what I'm saying? And that's where the joint account comes in. I, I really feel like that's the benefit of the joint account, what it should be. You know, like if you have goals, if you're, you, you know, you're living in this place right now and you want to get to this next place, you know, that's something that y'all both, you both working and you both contributing to. And that's what the joint account is for. It, it builds, you know, behind unexpected expense. That's something that you both, but, you know, I think it, it gets, you know, into you know tricky territory you know one person feels like you know the other person's you know it's almost an insult like people take it as an insult a lot of times which makes it hard for people to have them kind of conversations but it's not an insulting thing it's a responsible thing if y'all are in a relationship and definitely if you're in a you know that i'm talking about marriage you know relationship you know because you never know what could happen and it's, it's there for y'all both had a responsibility to each other you know Right. Yeah. So just just to get back on topic, guys, um, I want to move to another form of abuse, um, and that would be emotional abuse. Um, just going back to something that Quentin said a little earlier, a lot of people don't realize that they're actually in abusive situations. Um, men are often in emotionally abusive situations where their partner yells and screams at them and they think that, oh, she's just high maintenance or, oh, she has an attitude problem, but that's abusive behavior when someone's treating you like that. I like that. She got spunked to her. (laughs) No. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, it's the, the emotional thing is in, and it ties in with, um, a lot of a lot of a lot of women in our community are told to bear certain things emotionally that they shouldn't be that is passed down generationally that they shouldn't be told and for men it's it's like a if you if you are emotionally equipped and you say how you feel now it's 
an attack on your manhood or it makes you feel less than or whatever. And this um is interesting because sometimes, you know, the hustle and bustle of life and doing everything day to day and working. And so you may not even understand that a person is feeling emotionally abused by your actions. You're they're 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 telling you what's going on with them and you're not as as open to to listen to them and it it's a way that like you said Nick um, melodic it's a way that um a lot of times people be in those situations and they'd be like I wasn't in no emotional abuse like you was getting pulled down at home every day you were getting dragged every chance you got and I think that that's what a lot of people see in unfortunately that situation that's going on with Will and Jada a lot of people see a form of emotional abuse like yo what's going on like this is why i think that so many people are so angry and tend to take a, a particular side cuz they see a, a very abusive relationship going on right right in front of our eyes cuz it's on social media and it's it's in the, the the mainstream news i don't know if like for that for that particular situation um we can only comment. We can only have commentary. We can only, like you said, we're going off what we see. Um, and there's aspects of it that, yes, can be, you know, construed as abuse. And yes, that's crazy. That looks crazy. Um, but I think the real, the real thing is people are putting the mirror up, right? Now, now people are being forced to look into their own situations, into their own whatever's because, like I said, you have one side saying, yes, I want my man to defend me that way. That's what I want. And you have others saying, don't embarrass me like that. <laughs> and the truth is somewhere in the middle, even with them. We don't know half of that, honestly, because yeah. we don't know them. Um, so a lot of it for like emotional abuse specifically is very um manipulative it's very sneaky it's very twisted it it can come across language is very important that's why in my own relationship language is very important if i feel like i'm hurting his feelings and this took time this took a a long time if i feel like i'm hurting his we apologize like right then and there there is no like waiting letting it sit none of that because I don't want anything to be misconstrued. I don't want him to look at me and say, because sometimes I'm I'm good at for saying, like, why don't you, why aren't you listening to me? Instead of getting to, like, well, maybe, well, when was I talking to him? You know what I'm saying? Like, I have to really consider that. But it's so easy sometimes to try to control the narrative by saying things like that. Oh, you never listen to what I'm talking about. You're not hearing me. Instead of doing the introspective work and saying, but wait a minute, like, how am I getting it this across? Well, um, do you know, what do you know that constantly rejecting someone's thoughts or ideas or opinions can actually be construed as a, a, a form of emotional abuse as well? Most definitely. Most definitely. That, that is a big, big part of emotional abuse um, because that controls them. You know what I'm saying? That controls how you see somebody. That means you're controlling how they're going to move moving forward. She's right. not going to be as vocal. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to be as vocal. They're not going to share their feelings. They're not going to, quote unquote, nag you with their emotions. Someone can be hypercritical, Mm -hmm. judgmental. You know, they can, they will ignore your boundaries and invade your privacy. 
they can be very possessive again mm-hmm. that's also you know a, a form of emotional abuse again like you said manipulative and they often dismiss your feelings mm-hmm. and say you know like oh, oh, you're always talking about you know your feelings that's you know that that's not important or that's you know that's besides the point or, mm-hmm. or what have you or they you know they they fail to acknowledge your feelings I think that's one of the um when it comes to emotional abuse, I think that would be one of the, the key things that somebody's feelings don't feel somebody's making somebody feel less important then. Mm-hmm. Um and you and you hear that, you'd be like, yo, you know, from the outside looking in, you'd be you'll be like, You got it good, y'all got it good, y'all good. And then you don't realize, like, yo, at the end of the day, this person's feelings like they could have sacrificed. For example, they could have sacrificed a portion of their relationship for their career, mm-hmm. and then it's like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna, you're gonna take a second job, or you're gonna do, go to school to to further your education. Okay, we're gonna do this together, and then once they get to the goal, I don't think the um, the emotional aspect is talked about enough. Where you know, you sacrificed all, I sacrificed all this for you as well. Like I doubled up on the domestic things at the house while you were able to pursue something, another job or more more investment in your career. Like you don't know how I felt or what I wanted to do. I had dreams and aspirations as well. And I put them on hold for you. Right. But you know what else, Quentin? Guilt tripping someone also can be a form of emotional abuse as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and- so I, I think that everybody actually needs to take a step back and eva- self-evaluate, you know, because some of the things that, you know, we all may say or do can be considered a form of abuse if it's, if it's you know, if it goes to an extreme. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I think that people really need to check themselves as well. Yeah, guilt tripping, uh, because... Ultimately, if something is that bad, then you you don't have to do it. You know, so holding things over somebody's head, saying, "Well, if I did this, and then if I did that, and me doing this stopped me," it, it was a decision for you to stay. And once you make that decision, it's like, if I forgive somebody, you know, say they do something wrong to me, and I'm pissed about it. Once I forgive them, I gotta let that go. You know what I'm saying? Otherwise, then that's emotional abuse. Like if you're you know, you did something and I won't let it go. Every time that there's a disagreement, somehow that creeps into, you know, <laughs> what I use to try to, you know, make you feel bad or, or gain an advantage in whatever that argument is for that day. got to learn because if you can't, then just say, hey, I can't get beyond it and let it go. But to continue to use it, you're like a get out of jail free card, <laughs> you know, that's definitely emotional abuse. Um I think it's, it, I, I agree with what uh, Nick said about uh, about that for sure. The guilt tripping, the not acknowledging what somebody's feeling, you know, or, or tough enough or that. Come on, why you, why you, why you, you know, Elliot is somebody's body to know how something's affecting them. Elliot is, is funny because, you know, as, 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 as men, we sometimes it's like a manhood 
like yo like a conversation that we have amongst the, amongst each other like if you you say this to the wrong not the I won't say the wrong friend I'll just say that you know you got to really like tell certain friends like yo I'm being serious yo like I got something going on I need your advice like cuz if you if they say that you be like yo like dude I'm 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 really trying to have a serious conversation with you about something that could be going on like how should I handle it and you telling me, like you said, toughen up. It ain't about being tough right now. It's about uh, displaying and being able to show some type of emotion. Definitely doing this aspect to get my to get my point across and to be understood and be able to understand another human being. Yeah, and that's why everybody's running around so so bugged out. It, it's it, you over you over you know stuff. Uh, a trash compactor eventually is going to blow and it's going to shoot crap all over the place. And a lot of <laughs> us are combustible in that way. Mm -hmm. we, got, we deal with the stuff at work. We deal with the stuff at home. We deal with stuff that we can't articulate most times for fear of being judged, for fear, you know, of that very thing, especially as men, you know, like, especially as black men. We deal with so much that the world tells us to just, you know, beat your chest harder. Beat your chest harder. And all you're left at the, all you're left with at the end of the day is a bruise. <laughs> you know? So and you come home and you take that out sometimes on your, on your significant other, you know? And um that's just that's what I had to unlearn. I, and I think it's it's a defense mechanism for dealing with the way the world has treated us for centuries. Is to armor up, but you got to know when to armor down. Absolutely. You know, especially when you're dealing with the opposite sex, who also is going through it. Like the, the thing is, like, oh, black men, black women are right there with us going through it. You know, like Absolutely. dealing with the crap that they got to deal with, the oversexualization, you know, the manipulation, and we just got to have a, we got to have more of a, a understanding and a compassion for one another with that with that kind of stuff well and you have to realize that you're not opponents you're teammates mm -hmm. i need you to say that again please you are not opponents you are teammates this is a team. there is no i in team <laughs> you know it's, it's it's funny and the reason why i said say it again is because a lot of times and it turns it, it turns out at the beginning and you see you know, I've seen it and I've I've experienced like the last couple of years I've just been watching. And one of the things that um I think is for my personal situation is I'm not a really around a lot of people, so to say that I would say was friends and people that I deal with on an everyday basis. So I see them through social media a lot. And a lot of my information that I see with with and and even some of the people I work with, you'd be like this is your partner. Why is this so anger? Why is so much anger towards your partner? Even during the rough times, you see some people, they'll go from zero to 60 fast. You'll be like, yo, y'all was just in love. Like, what happened? Well, this person, at the end of the day, like, was that really love or was it goes back to the word? Was it control? Was it, was, were you trying to control? The situation. This is why that abuse is so dangerous because 
as long as they were fulfilling the need for you, you wanted them. You had the love and the admiration and the boo-hooing and the, that's my baby stuff. Well, abuse now is when, not love. Abuse no, is not love. It's love. not love at all. There's no mm-hmm. love in abuse because you don't abuse the people that you that you love. And most abusers aren't prepared for the fold. Mm. They're there for the good parts. The the they they'll take a little like you know drop for a second, but the complete folding, the complete just like you know reckoning, having a complete meltdown. They're not prepared for that. Agreed. So that to them, yeah, it's an inconvenience. Now you've now become a problem. Before you were a means to an end, you were a a, a holder, a position holder. But when you have that complete meltdown, that complete fold, they have no idea how to handle that. Right. Mm. Right. So moving forward, guys, sexual abuse. Okay, let me give you a definition here. Sexual abuse is any unwanted sexual contact, not just by a stranger, not just by a friend, not just by a family member. Sexual abuse can happen to anyone by, can happen to any, anyone by anyone even your own spouse. Mm-hmm. So here are seven signs that you could potentially be in a sexual abusive relationship. You agree only because you're afraid. That has to be a horrible place to be in. He or she refuses to practice safe sex. He forces his decision of birth control, pregnancy, or abortion on you. He or she withholds sex as punishment. He forces he or she forces you to do uncomfortable sexual things. He or she persists even after you said no. No means no. He or she insults or criticizes your body. That's the seven sign. Um, unfortunately, this happens to men and women. I think that when we think about sexual abuse, we mainly focus on women, but men are sexually abused as well. But it's it's not talked about. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, right? <laughs> The, the every aspect of abuse, like we said, um, outside of like that physical or cussing you out and you know you black eyes and all that other sick stuff, right? These aspects are very. They don't, on the scale, they weigh the same as the physical abuse, but for some reason they don't get that much attention, like you said. And the sexual aspect, using sex as a weapon. Um, in relationships is 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 dangerous and it leads to a lot of resentment um and it, and it goes back to <laughs> the topic of our of our uh, the the title of our show the conversating the people people in relationships are not conversating they're not having these conversations with about mm-hmm. feelings and emotions at all at all they're just not doing it well I, then, I just also want to point out Clinton in regards to sexual abuse, another form of sexual abuse is trafficking. Because sometimes there are instances where someone will force their quote unquote significant other 
to engage in sexual acts with other people as a form of embarrassment control also. Yeah. And we see it. And a lot of times we'll see something and we'll be like, what the hell? But it's very common. Um, it's very common where a sexual partner may do something extra to please the other partner <laughs> that they may not be wanting to do, but it just be some like it's, a, it's some type of form of abuse. And um, it's, it's, it's really crazy. I think that for me, getting older, you start hearing more and more sick, sick things and crazy things. And I'll be taken aback. I don't know about you guys. I'll be like, wow. Well, I think some people get it twisted with um, consent because mm -hmm. at any time you can withhold your consent. You can retract your consent. And just because someone was agreeable to this at this, you know, at, in one instance, and once they say no or once they decide that, hey, I'm, not, I'm no longer comfortable with this and I no longer want to do this, you have to respect that or you should respect it, I should mm -hmm. say. Also for men... For men, like I, I used to deal with a lot of men that were, um, that were raped and that were that were comfortable enough to come forward and say that they were raped. And one of the major things is, they will. The one phrase that I was told over and over and over was, "I felt like my body betrayed me," because the body's response to the act was positive, whereas the brain's response and the the other responses were completely negative. And it was very much no, 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 no. But the body was saying something completely different. So you're saying when men were raped by other men, yes? By women. By women. Well, both really. Yeah, the okay. population I dealt with were 18 to 24. And okay. it was men and women. And I had about 10 men that came forward. And it was about half and half. Some of them were raped by other men. Some of them were raped by women. Because that's it, very common also. Mm -hmm. And I think that yep. a lot of people brush that underneath the rug, mm -hmm. they sweep it under the rug, and it's like, oh, okay, well, oh, he's a man. No, he's, he's, he's he may be a kid. Exactly. You know, or, or he may have been inebriated. Mm -hmm. And you took advantage of that situation. Yep. And that's where that, that phrase, my body betrayed me, comes from. Right. Because mm -hmm. the body responds positively when they don't really want to be doing exactly what, what is being done. Yeah, and, uh, for, for men, because of the machismo component, you know, for us growing up, I, I remember um, being babysitted, you know, she, you know, but she wasn't like significantly older than me, but older enough for it to be abuse. Like you, that's kind of like a trophy thing for us, yep. for, for a lot of us. Like, oh, we got this older woman type thing. And that, that's a part of the tox toxicity of, the male ego and the machismo that you don't even know that you're being violated because you you know you're so you know hard up for to be able to go into your neighborhood with your friends and say yeah I, I messed with this 26 27 year old woman and I was like 15 14 13 right. <laughs> you know and right and she should be that's always a stigma that's, that goes one way and not the other mm -hmm. you know because women don't 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 champion that the, the way that men are taught to. Well, I've seen it with with men as well. In all honesty, um, I've seen grown twenty six year old men try to approach thirteen year old girls. Let's say a female is you know more voluptuous than 
her 13 year old counterpart. And especially because, you know, she's not mentally capable to have the type of conversations or consent or anything like that, you know, as, as a, a older woman and I've seen men approach them and, you know, it's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. No, I, yeah, I absolutely have seen it. I just know, like when I was in high school, like, and it would piss us off because we would want to talk to the girls in our class and they getting picked up by some dude in like a Honda Civic. He driving and we, we, we hop in the train on the bus. You know what I'm saying? And nobody ever thought like, oh, that's rape. We had right. an older, older dude, you know, but women are, are like, at least, at least to my knowledge, aren't going to go home and, and, you know, you know, they might make it to their own girlfriends, but nobody else and say, hey, I'm, I was with, you know, and look at it like some, you know, prize catch type deal, you know, like men do or would in that, in the, in the opposite situation. Um, but yeah, I saw that. I mean, we didn't think that we didn't think of it so bad though. When I was, when I was young, just an old, old, older guy, like we didn't go back and say, oh, this girl or, or report it to anybody or, or anything like that. But yeah. What about marriages? What about when someone's married? And it's for richer or poor, through sickness and in health, and you know, um, basically, you're, you know, you're, you're agreeing to be in this, this relationship. You're agreeing to be in this marriage, and you don't want your, you know, husband to step out or your wife to step out, and the other person, um, you know, has constant demands. That's also a form of sexual abuse when you know let's say the wife feels like she can't say no or the husband feels like he can't say no and it's like okay well you know this person might be this person might get violent they might start screaming and yelling or you know may use some other form of abuse like financial abuse emotional abuse physical abuse if i you know if i don't perform i think i think that's that's that is um a little common, more common as well. Um, one of the things that, that as a man, we don't know the changes. I think that we, we are learning. Some of us learning definitely who we deal, who we deal with is some of the changes that women go through with their bodies. And as men, we may not understand it or may just be oblivious to it um, on how women feel about their bodies. And they may not feel sexual or attractive looking. And as a man, you'd be like, boo, you look good. Like, what you talking about? It's all good. Like, you bugging. But I have to feel good. Yeah. but yeah. And then you'll be like, well, why she ain't pursuing to have sex? And then you'd be like, you start getting angry. You think it's you or you, you may, you know, it may, instead of just communicating, and having that conversation, like, this is where I'm at today in my life. I feel like I'm not where I need to be. And I don't feel good sexually about mm -hmm. me. And we need to we need to talk on helping me get through it. And, you know, you understand that it has nothing to do with you. And unfortunately, like you said, um, when you brought it up, is that so many people won't say nothing. And then it becomes like an anger type of thing. Or, or she feel as though she has to sleep with him to keep him interested. Or, well, I don't want him to step out. Because I know him. He got cravings. He got needs. But I got something going on with my body. But So I'm going to just sit there and just basically have, yeah. you know, 
I'm gonna have sex, but I'm not gonna be there. I'm gonna be there, and I'm not gonna be there emotionally. And then she might like the the, um, the big topic happened this week where DJ Envy and his wife explained where she said she wasn't having orgasms for ten years, and a lot of people had a lot of things to say. And you know, if you listen to what she said, is that they were kids when they were dealing with each other, and a lot of things of how she was raised of. You know, you got to please a man regardless. She may have been suppressing that for all these years. You know, she was literally said she was faking orgasms. And some people would be like, why she did that? It ain't no, nobody's wrong in that situation. I'm, I respect that they um, were able to talk about that openly. And that, that basically saved their marriage. But that that's a tough situation to deal with for him and her. You know, he probably didn't know her body, even though they were married all these years. He probably didn't know that it may have did, for lack of better words, different positions or different things you need to do to please her. And it, and it's common and it happens and people will be in, like you said, people will be so focused on trying to please their mate instead of saying, yo, like, this is going on with me and I'm not happy and with myself. And, and you know, it's it's a very dangerous thing. Well, I think that it only becomes sexual abuse like when it's forced, you know, mm-hmm. like one party is forcing the other. Um, I just have a, a really interesting fact, guys. So during COVID, domestic violence increased 25 to 33 percent. Because people were forced to be home. Absolutely. Those they were forced to be in each other's <laughs> face. Um because the deal, a lot right? of people confuse yeah. intimacy and sex as well. Like they're two different things. So if you if you're now in the space with your partner where you have to be with them 24-7, if you've never taken a vacation with this person, if you've never literally had like a wind down with this person, and you've never talked to them for more than let's say the average couple what talks maybe a, a total of three hours a day between eight hours of work and then you get home, you got kids, you got you got to lay down, you might watch a show, whatever, you're not talking. So right, you had to face three, your issues. You had to face your shortcomings. Exactly. So take that three hours times now 24, where right. you got kids that need to do online school, you got to work from, from home, your spouse may have to work, somebody might have lost their job. Yeah. So now we don't know how to handle anything. Uh-huh. Money's tight. You know, nothing is where it's supposed to be. Exactly. So now that anger that you were suppressing, controlling, is now manifesting itself in abuse to your partner. And and now things that you've always wanted to say, because that comes out too, right? Oh, I, I always thought, you know, you left stuff on the floor all the time. Wait a minute. Yeah. Like we've been together 15 years. Well, you never told me, you know, my socks on the floor bothered you, you know? So it was like, where where does the um it showed a lot of people's cards. Right. Absolutely. During COVID. Yeah, because because the major like like me, I lost both my jobs when COVID happened. I was teaching and I was doing what I'm doing currently, residential mm-hmm. uh, counseling work. Lost both the jobs. So when you don't know when the next dollar's coming from, you know, and Treasure, she was dealing with stuff at her job, people being extra violent, you know, disrespectful around money. So now you got them combustible forces of, I don't know what's going on. Because none of us knew, like, when it started, what the hell this was. Or how <laughs> I know, it right? Was, or what, like, why am I not working right now? It's like, you know, like, and, you know, 
my money's being cut off. And if you don't have a lot of money to begin with, like you don't got much of a savings, <laughs> you know, which goes back to the rainy day fund thing right. from our earlier. Then yeah, it, the anxiety and the stress, and particularly if you know if, if you're living in a, in a small space, right. yeah, you know, and it um, definitely affect those situations. Absolutely, I think it actually helped help uh, help me and treasure a lot, though. You know, you know, Elliot was was funny. Was funny you said that, Elliot, because for me, I think that um, I went back and forth with a friend of mine, and we talked about because he lived in Jersey, I live in PA, and we discussed COVID and what 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 the pandemic did for people. And I said, you know what? I think COVID made people realize like what's important. Right, right. You know, it it really kind of made people, in my opinion, value relationships, value people, value like yo. Value life. That job that I got, yeah. I don't need to be slaving for them because yeah. they'll get rid of me just like that. So, right. yeah, right. It, it's unfortunate like um, melodic brought up those, those divorce you know, rates. Just us in the park. And that stuff, you know, if we were in a tough time prior to it starting, a horrible time. And to have that time alone, to kind of reconnect, to understand each other, to watch that that uh that BS Tiger King show on Netflix or whatever <laughs> and laugh at like how stupid this dude looks and what the hell is he doing? Like little stuff like that. You know, and make nachos and not have to worry about I gotta wake up at seven because we ain't working shit. You know, right. Stay up all night. Hey, Elliot, they just enjoy each other's company. They did have some boring yeah. shows on TV, yeah, boy. Yes, that was never made. <laughs> I think what it what it taught me. Um, I told you guys earlier. I didn't. I never knew what it was like to be like have the brunt of the responsibility on me. And when COVID happened and L lost both his jobs, I had all that responsibility. There were bills now that I was taking care of. And if we didn't have that communication, if we didn't have that those conversations and that understanding, we would not be together at all. Like, it would have been like, oh, you putting all this weight on me? Sorry, I got to go. Well, we and would hope that you guys wouldn't have a, 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 a domestic violence situation, that's for sure. And that just right. goes to show, um, you know, the maturity of the, the, mm -hmm. the relationship as well. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, uh, not to cut anyone off, but um, I just wanted to get these 10 points in before we close out the show. Um, mm -hmm. One, I would like to appreciate, I, I appreciate everyone joining treasure elliot thank you so much for being guest on tonight's show this was a very very heavy topic and i think that you guys handled it so eloquently so thank you so much um and i just want to point out so these are 10 ways that you can prevent domestic violence locally one knowing the signs Someone being jealous, discouraging you from spending time away from your partner, embarrassing or shaming you, controlling you physically, financially, emotionally, etc. Um, two, don't ignore it. Police officers hear the same thing from witnesses all the time, that they didn't want to get involved. You don't necessarily have to get involved. You can report it to your local precinct. And they can handle it. They're they're trained in handling situations like that. Three, lend an ear. Somebody might be in dire need of advice or an ear. Just just be there to to listen. Be available. 
If someone you know is thinking about leaving or is in fear of leaving, be available to them. Be a resource. Also, something else you can do is you can know the number of a nearby shelter, of a domestic violence shelter. Um, and, you know, you can give them that information to help them. Because sometimes people have no other outlet and, no, and they feel like they have no help. They have nowhere to go. Um, you can check in regularly on that regularly on that person to make sure that they're okay. Um, again, be a resource. You may not be able to research shelters, but you can help them devise an escape plan. You know, secretly, of course. Um, you can write things down. You can document the abuse that's going on to help them. If they, you know, need to write a police report or go to court or what have you, because sometimes when people are in those hectic situations, they don't know what's going on half of the time. Sometimes you're so afraid that you don't even re you don't even recall the incidents, or you don't even recall how many incidents you actually had. Mm -hmm. um, get the word out. Talk to people. I know that um, Quentin and I um, even trying to find panelists for this particular topic, it was very difficult because a lot of people don't want to talk about these things. And this is something that's very, very relevant and very important. And I think that we should always give resources and be a help to each other. We all need each other. Everybody needs someone. Mm -hmm. um, and 10, put your money where your mouth is. You can donate. <laughs> you can donate to these causes. You can donate to a shelter. And I, I mean, in all honesty, it may not even necessarily be money. Sometimes um, we can be very frivolous with our our things, like our clothing, etc. Sometimes these people escape in the middle of the night. I'm sure we've all seen the Tina Turner movie. They can they will escape in the middle of the night and they don't have any clothes for themselves or their children or whatever. If your kids outgrow their clothes, you don't, you know, you outgrow your clothes or you decide you want something different. Think about things like that and donate to these shelters because they're in desperate need of resources for these people who need help. So just in closing, um, this was a really, really amazing topic, a really heavy topic. I also want to point out that the domestic violence hotline has been pinned to the bottom of the screen for this entire episode. And for anyone out there who needs any type of help, please give a call. Definitely give a call. There are resources, there are people out there ready to help you. Quentin? Well, I can't say anything more after you done summed it up. Um, <laughs> One of the biggest one of the biggest problems in the black community, and I know my co-host may get on me for saying this uh, later, but one of the biggest problems in the black community is we'd rather be entertained and be educated. And hopefully we could all benefit from this show as well as other shows that definitely talk about a topic that needs to be talked about. This should be a prevalent topic because it's so prevalent in our community, but unfortunately it is what it is and we're not going to try to change the world we're just trying to change one person at a time or you know have a conversation as amongst friends as, as melodic has coined the show with that great show great panel great guest thanks for joining us treasure and elliot appreciate you guys and know that um you know i understand the weather's breaking 
It's beautiful outside. So I really, really want you guys to know that I appreciate you guys joining us in the chat as, as well as Treasure and Elliot for joining us. Because it's hard not being uh, outside in that beautiful weather outside right now. <laughs> With that, take care and see you guys again in two weeks. Good night. Don't log off, Treasure and Elliot.